Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I am your host, Brendan Hedke, my co-host, Doug West, sitting across from me. Doug, how are you doing today? How was um, the pre-se- the rest of the preseason? Obviously, those games are done, but just how are you, first off, before we get into the basketball side of things? All good. Um, great week. Uh, beautiful weather. Um, it's going to get nasty, so it's time to get indoors, talk about basketball. And I'm assuming you're ready for your Cowboys to hand the Eagles their first loss. Now that I figured out you're a Cowboys fan, not an Eagles fan. Um, that, uh, this should be a good game. Um, not that we're a football podcast, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Dallas can knock off, uh, the last undefeated team in the league. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what Cooper rush can do tonight. Um, when Dak went down, I kind of, just sat back and let's see what happens. Uh, four weeks later, um, four and one. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I, lo- I love the Eagles team. I love the Eagles football team. I love Philly sports. Um, grew up a Cowboy fan and uh, I stay with it. Yeah. And I mean, living in the Philadelphia area, it's like you said before we got on, it got to be a little tough to kind of feel out that situation. It'd be like being a Packers fan and like, the middle of Minneapolis, not, not necessarily the easiest thing to deal with week to week. Yeah. I, I try to keep it on the deal. Um, yeah. you know, I, I don't let many people know and the people that know, they make sure that they let it be known in front of many Eagle fans. So, um, you know, I, I get to deal with it once in a while. I have a lot of, uh, very good friends that I play golf with that I hang out with that are diehard Eagle fans. Um, I had an opportunity to go to the game tonight, uh, but I'd rather sit at home. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You don't want to walk through the stadium in like oh, no, a, no, a no, Cooper no, Rush no, jersey? No, 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 no. Okay. No. no. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. Well, uh, glad you're doing good. Um, we are going to talk about the season that's coming up because now all the five preseason games are done. Uh, we saw Cat and Rudy play together a little bit um, in that last preseason game. And now it's time for the regular season. So before we do get into, we're going to do some more prediction type of things um, for this season. But before we do that, did you get a chance to watch that preseason game? Because I just watched half, three quarters of it this morning because um, I've been busy all weekend with weddings. Did you get a chance or no? 
And I've been busy with a lot of different things going on with sports. Um, right. <clears throat> because I'm a Phillies fan. So the Phillies are in the playoffs, you know, so that did happen. I have not had the opportunity to watch that game yet. Um, and so I look forward to watching it. So I was like, I watched it this morning. I just woke up. So I wasn't like fully awake watching it, but just general things and just reading other people's like thoughts and analysis on it. The offense was just really clunky in that game. Um, they hadn't played with Cat and Gobert on the court together, like at all. I think they had practiced two times together so far. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that there's kinks that need to be worked out, which we kind of figured we talked about that a couple episodes ago that with him missing training camp, those things are going to have to happen on the fly. And it's probably going to take a little bit um, for them to adjust to that. So it was a little clunky, but there were times where I saw something really good that I was like, you could see how that's going to be an effective way to use those two um, as the season goes on. Not a lot to take. I mean, Anthony Edwards looks like he's done with preseason. He was just ready to play (laughs) like regular season basketball. He seemed very disinterested. Um, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of big takeaways from what I saw this morning. I'm sure someone else that watched it a little bit more in depth than I did would, but it was a preseason game. The Nets are, I mean, really good when they're humming, when they got all their guys with Kyrie played well, KD played well. Um, Ben Simmons did not play well offensively. He fouled out like halfway through the third quarter or something like kind of pulled a Jaden McDaniels, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I don't have any big, big, huge takeaways from that game other than the offense was pretty clunky to start. Yeah, well, I, I would think that it's going to take some time <clears throat> for these guys to figure each other out. Um, you know, we talked last week about those first seven games, having an opportunity, you're, you're playing, you know, of seven games, you're playing um, five of those games against the, seven, the same teams. Um, so it, it, it you should be able to figure out a lot of things there. And plus, you know, a few days of practice, it, it'll help out. Um, I guess we'll see where, where we are. Uh, so clunky does never sounds good. But no. preseason, clunky, we can deal with it early on. Yeah. And it and like we like you said, like we talked about before, it will with that schedule, with it being opponents that they should be favored against. Um, especially opponents that don't necessarily have like really high quality bigs. Right. I think they're going to be able to get their feet wet quite a bit and work through some of those struggles, which is a blessing. But like we've talked about, if they do drop some of those games early, that could affect their place in the standings later in the season. If they lose two or three of those games, they're not supposed to, that could affect the playoff spot by two or three seeds. I mean, the West is going to be tough. It could be, could be incredibly close at the end of the season. So We'll see how it goes. Like we said, um, lighter schedule to start the year. But the Thunder did just say Shea Gilgis-Alexander is going to play to start the year because there were some okay. question marks on if he would. So he'll play in the opener on Wednesday. Um, okay. So that'll be interesting to see what the defense looks like against him because he is one of the best and most unique drivers in basketball. Um, so that makes it that much harder. If there was no Shea, obviously – the Thunder are a much weaker team than they are with him, but he's so dynamic that anything can happen. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really interesting because we talked about that first, those first 10 games, um, you know, on paper, 
Uh, the, the Wolves look really good. Um, then you go into that second 10 where it kind of tightens up. And, you know, hopefully by that second 10, everything is flowing. Uh, the coaches have, you know, you're not, you're not going to have a, a full fill for your team, but you have some fill, fill of how your team's coming along. And, you know, those, those first 20 games and be able to try to put a, uh, a system, um, substitution pattern, uh, yeah. the guys you want to see that are able to get you to a point where you're, you're, you're winning games and you're getting better every night. Yeah. And I'm most interested what that rotation is going to look like because throughout the preseason, we have seen a number of guys that you are going to be somewhere in that like eight, nine, 10th, 11th, 12th man range, just seeing what those minutes are going to look like. Will there be minutes for Nasri and which of those guards get minutes is Brent Forbes going to play is rivers going to play Noel McLaughlin, like who's going to play those backup guard minutes. Um, and how many are they going to play? How deep will Finch go? Is he going to go nine? Is he going to go 10? You don't want to get to 11. That's just, you no. can't catch a rhythm when you have, you're playing that many guys. So the, the rotation thing is an interesting question that I don't think we're really going to figure out. And I don't even know if Finch is going to figure it out until the season really gets going. Yeah, well, the, the, one of the things about the rotation is, you know, we, we sit there and say you want to play eight, nine, ten guys, ten guys. But early on in the season, you usually have a little injury, a few injuries. Um, some guys are, right. you know, you know, Cat, for instance, you know. Yeah, he's playing, but, you know, some, some players would have been like, well, I've been out, I've been sick, I'm going to miss some games. So, yeah. You're going, to, you're going to be into your bench a little longer. You know, usually around right before All-Star break, All-Star break, you want to be able to get that bench and everything that's, that's, that you're looking for for the second half of the season, for that playoff run, for that seeding run. Uh, you want to get all that set then. So early on in the season, you know, you're going to see different players, different opportunities. Um, how do guys step up? Um, you know, do they do they really fit in with what um, Coach Finch is trying to do? Um, and you know, those players are the ones that are always the, the most interesting because you never know when you're going to get called, but you always have to be ready. Yeah, and like you said, it's going to take a while to figure figure out who those guys are, or necessarily which one of those guys are going to play. They all have skills that are so different. It's not like you're looking at two guys of the same mold and you're trying to pick between them. All of those, especially those guards are different. McLaughlin's the true point guard. Rivers is the defensive minded guard that can drive. Uh, Bryn Forbes is your shooter. Shooter. Jalen Noel <laughs> is a three level scorer. So there's yep. just all, all sorts of people. And you don't really know what it's going to look like. I'm most interested to see outside of the rotation is when we get to the beginning of November, they play the Suns, then they play the Bucks. And they have a game against the Rockets, but then they play the Knicks, who should be a solid team with Brunson there. And they play the Suns again, the Grizzlies, the Cavs. Right. That's a stretch of like interesting matchups, just good quality teams. And I'm interested to see if they do well through those first seven games, whatever it is, against the, the Spurs and the Thunder and the Jazz and the Lakers, what they look like coming out. Do they have confidence that they're overconfident and all of a sudden they finally face somebody that's tough and there's a reality check or do they have a lot of confidence that makes them play well and they end up winning some of those games. 
that's a stretch that I'm really interested because it'll be the first real test when they have those games and it's tough opponent after tough opponent trying to figure out um, what this team is capable of, what they're made of, because some of those are really interesting matchups. Like the Bucks is super interesting. Mm-hmm. What is it going to look like with Cat and Gobert against Giannis and Lopez? Um, the Suns is interesting too because you have to have defenders against two high quality perimeter players. And then uh, the Grizzlies too, that was last year's playoff opponent. Um, It's kind of a test of like, are you better than them this year? Or are your additions not going to take you to a higher level? And then the Cavs too, they run a two big lineup. That one will be, they're probably one of the most similar teams in the sort of like size of their bigs and the guards and everything like that. Yes, exactly. I think, I think all those are, are very, um, that, that very good matchups, very tough matchups. Um, you know, a situation where you find yourself uh, playing teams that somewhat look like you, um, you know, and uh, a very few of those teams are very guard dominated. A few of those teams are, you know, big dominated. So it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it works out, how uh, the Wolves adjust uh, to different to different lineups, as well as the, the the their opponents, how they adjust to the Wolves lineups, because yeah. every time you come out, you're going to look at Cat and Rudy in that starting lineup. So it's it's you know you, you got to figure that out right from the beginning. I am interested to to figure out if the Wolves are going to be the ones adjusting more, or if other teams are going to be adjusting to them. You know, like are they going to be the one going small, or other teams going to try to go big? Or like what the percentage of that looks like? Is it like most of the time people are adjusting for the wolf size or are people saying, screw it, make the wolves adjust to them? I mean, I'm sure it's going to depend team by team. If you have the specific personnel to do it, like the Clippers aren't going to adjust to the wolves because they have personnel that can guard the wolves and then also take advantage of the wolf weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. But there's other teams with a lot less talent and a lot less versatility. What are they going to do? against a Wolves team that is so unique in their size. Yeah, the uh, the, the chess match will look very interesting this year um, to see game by game because the game plan, you know, going into each game, the game plan is, you know, <laughs> you know, you first thing is you, you're going to drive to the basket as an opposing team and know like Rudy's there to guard, guard the basket. So we got to, you know, be able to drive and kick. Um, so each game, it's going to change. And again, so the other team, are we going to pull, pull Rudy out offensively and make him defend our guards? So it's going to be interesting going into the season to see how everyone um, looks to attack us as well as how, we, how do we attack them. Yeah, that's probably the, the most interesting, like philosophical, like strategy thing that I'm interested to see is like, how often are the wolves willing to not adjust their big, I mean, they're going to play. We've talked about this. One of those two, probably the entire game, most times. So they're not going to be two bigs for 48 minutes, but they are going to be for 20 something minutes a night where those two are playing next to each other. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Um, Let's uh, let's go into some of these predictions that we have. Ooh. Um, and we can maybe, I don't know if there's other ones we can bring up later. I want to start, it wasn't the first one on the list I sent you, but I want to start with the leading scorer one because that one's kind of like an individual one. So mm-hmm. who 
mm-hmm. at the end of the season, do you envision being the leading scorer on the Timberwolves? I think there's two options that seem like the clear cut two people to pick from. Um, but maybe, maybe you disagree. Who, who are you going with for that one? Well, you know, I, I, uh, I look at it and if in my mind, <clears throat> I'm a guards guy. I'm, I'm right. all about guards. Okay. If Anthony Edwards is not the leading scorer, um, you know, 22, 23, a game, um, cat right behind him. Uh, you know, I think because he, he, he can score at different levels here and, you know, you gotta be able to hit the three, get to the basket, get to the foul line. I think that's something that he can do consistently. Um, I, I would look at, um, Anthony as being our leading scorer. Yeah. And I think that makes, that makes sense. Um, especially considering where he was last year. I think he averaged about yes. 21 points per game. Um, second half of the season, he was even better playoffs. He averaged 25 points per game. It is a guard dominated wing dominated league. Um, the thing I, the thing I struggle with is hold on. Sorry. An ad popped up and just blew my ears out. Um, <laughs> the thing I struggle with the most is cat hasn't scored less than 24 points per game in right. four seasons. So, and I think that's not going to change. I don't think Rudy's going to take a lot of offensive stuff away from him. I don't necessarily think Edwards will either with a step up. Um, so I think Ant's going to have to get to that 25 points a game threshold to beat Cat. But I do have faith that he's going to be able to do that. So I also would uh, predict that Anthony Edwards leads this team. Um, and I, we should preface this. I'm assuming you thought the same thing. We're talking points per game, not like yes, because it's hard yes. to predict how points many per games game. people are playing. And I look at it. I look at it more on his with his game that he should be getting to the foul line for eight right. to ten points. Every I think game. that's that's where that's the big where step the difference comes. is. Yes, yeah. Those you get eight to ten points from the foul line. Everything else is going to fall into place. Um, you know, so he gets ten points from the foul line. He makes three threes a game. We're right there. We're on 19. Okay. So um, he's going to dunk on a few people throughout the game and get some, some transition baskets. So if not the mid range, so he, he, that's just, that's just, it's just somewhere that I, I see his game going to the next level. Yeah. Like last year, he made seven and a half shots a game. I don't know if the made shots is going to go up too much right right but like you said the free throws is where those extra points are going to come he only shot four a game last year right i'm not i don't know what it's going to end up being but i would hope it ends up being eight a game where he can get to the foul line a few more times that puts you know a couple more points on the board maybe he makes another one more three than he did last year and I, i i don't know i think that he has the ability to score I could see him if he does take as big a jump as he could. I could see him being a 28 point per game score. But if I had to predict, I'd say probably around 25, just because he does have such a versatile package to get to the rim. I think he's going to finish better at the rim because he's stronger this year. I think he's going to get more respect from the officials, which is going to put him at the line more. Um, And I think his jump shot looks better. So I think he's going to hit a higher percentage of his threes too. So I would predict Edwards, but 
it's either going to be Edwards or Towns. I mean, right. D'Angelo Russell is probably going to average 16 or 18. Um, and then you'll have, like, Rudy will get his 15 points a game. I think Edwards is, like, I feel like he'd be the favorite to do it if people were going to bet on it. I feel like he'd get the most votes, too. But I don't think it'll be a huge discrepancy between those two. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I think one of the keys is, I think we got to look at him. He has to go into a game thinking, I got to get up 20 attempts a game. 20 attempts per night. Um, you know, you're going to take some bad shots with those 20 attempts. But, you know, if he takes 20, 20 shots per night. He's going to make, you know, 50% of the most nights. Um, and uh, I think that, 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 that'll do a lot of good things uh, for the Wolves and their aggression. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, he's going to get the shots up. The consistency is going to be key because Carl Anthony Towns is insanely consistent. Right. He scored over 20 points. So he played 74 games last year. He scored 20 or more points in 58 of those 74 games. Right. And then he scored at least 15 <clears throat> points in 70 of those 74 games. So he only had four games where he didn't score at least 15. And some right. of those he scored 14, 13, 11, and 8. Those were the only other games. So he is very consistent where Edwards might have games where he is at 12, 11 points. Can he have enough games where he's at 30, 35 points to kind of offset that? Or is he going to be more consistent where he doesn't have as many games where he's scoring single digits or low teens? That's going to be, I think, part of the big third-year jump thing, too, overall, is just overall consistency on the scoring end. You know, I, I understand what you're saying about the consistency, about putting the ball in the basket. But you have to have the mindset that I'm going to take shots and they're not always going to be the best shots. You know, as a as a guard, um, you know, the ball's in your hand more, more times than it is in a forward's hands. Um, you're going to be in different situations. So his volume of shots, you know, 20 shots a game. Some people look at that. Like, That's a lot of shots. But, you know, you look at it. You know, back in the day, Kobe, uh, MJ, uh, these guys come up. You got to be able to take shots and be and be fine missing missing shots, but getting to the foul line, being aggressive, just going to help the team, the whole yeah. team concept. And I think um, you just need guys that take tough shots. Take tough shots. Exactly. Efficiency is going to suffer from that. Exactly. But that's why you look at some of the best players in NBA history. Like you brought up Kobe. Like the efficiency isn't like top notch, but he's the guy that's taking these tough shots because somebody has to take a shot in every possession. Right. And some possessions are going to be where the defense just was so good that nobody got a clean look. Somebody has to be willing to take those shots. And I think Edwards will um, be that guy. But like I said, back to the consistency thing, I think that's going to come. I don't last year he had, so he played in 72 games, 32 games. He scored less than 20. And then he had um, like 10 games where he scored less than 10. So he had yeah. nights that were off. I expect a lot less of those nights just because a lot less gonna, of the 10 point games. Yeah. I think he's yes. going to get to the line more. Right. That's going to help that because those are basically free points. He scores. I think he makes like 80% of his free throws. So I think it's going to be more shots coming and just overall um, more consistent. So I, I, we're both picking Edwards as leading scorer. I would Definitely. go town towns as a clear second. And then, 
drop down to D'Lo. It'd be great if like McDaniels found his way to be like that fourth leading scorer, or maybe Noel off the bench found his way into being a fourth leading scorer. Those are the things that I think are going to put the Timberwolves up a notch, but we're not predicting fourth leading scorer. We're just predicting <laughs> leading scorer. Uh, which, uh, which prediction do you want to look at next? Ah, uh, let's go with, um, what seed, seed. Will the Wolves end up with what seed. So we're already putting them in the playoffs. I think that's, that's where we come. That's where we come from. We're not going backwards. We're going forward. I think it'd be a huge disappointment if they're not in the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's why we're predicting we the seeds. Yes. Yes. We're going seeds. Yes. Let me say, I think they're going to be, I was trying to choose between the fourth and fifth seed is where I'm at because I think I ended up going fifth. Oh, you have it written fourth slash five. I I'm going to go fifth. I think that the Clippers will finish better than them if they get their stars to play enough games. Cause I think they're really good. I think that um, Golden State's going to finish ahead of them. And I think that uh, Phoenix is going to finish ahead of them. And then I'm iffy after that, but I feel like they're just one of those teams, like one of the, like one of, one of the, yeah, the Grizzlies or the Nuggets or the Pelicans, maybe even. Like there's so many quality teams. Um, that I could see finishing there. And I bet that one of them does. So I'm going to go fifth seed. Um, what you said, four or five, what is your rationale? Yeah. So I, I mean, it, it was the same thing. And I, and I really look at it more like this. It's, it's really about who's healthy. It's really about who's healthy. I mean, everything that you said right there was, was spot on, but you know, <clears throat> You know, Phoenix. I didn't Denver, even say Dallas. Dallas is another Dallas. One. I mean, you know, it's about who's healthy, who's who's really, you know, who's really gelling at that time. And, you know, watching these guys play, you know, I saw the two Laker games. So watching them play and some of the stuff they're doing defensively right now, you know, with just you know, hands on balls, deflections, guys in gaps. Um, the, the defensive things open my eyes more to how they're playing right now as opposed to the offense. And the offense will come. Yeah. The defense, though, if we can get guys to buy in defensively, knowing that, you know, that help, um, someone being in those gaps, we're getting those deflections, not turning the ball over it's a very important. So it's really about who's going to be healthy. Um, going down the stretch. Um, as I've said before, I think Rudy, that, that look now defensively just changes things. So, uh, I'm, 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 let's say fourth, I'm going four right now. I think the reason I err on the side of going fifth instead of fourth is I think there is going to, some of those teams have, their core guys have all been there before or been together. Yes. And like we're installing a new big piece into the offense. So, and the defense too. 
Um, so I think that's, you might run into a couple of kinks where you drop down to fifth, but I think they'll be right there fighting for home court advantage. Um, health is like you said, the biggest factor of everything. Clippers haven't been healthy in a long time. There you go. That continues. They could be far down. Uh, Phoenix, Chris Paul didn't look good at the end of the playoffs last year. Um, he's getting older. He could drop down. Maybe Denver's guys don't come back like they thought that they would. And um, they could possibly drop down. Dallas, too. They traded Porzingis partway through last season. They lost Jalen Brunson. Um, they potentially could be really good. They potentially could drop down a little bit as well. Golden State, you never know what's going to happen. Draymond got into a spat with Jordan Poole. Um, maybe guys don't play up to the potential that they thought they would have last year. The Pelicans, they're a team that they have Zion, who's had injury history, um, but also are a team that is like the Wolves. They're trying to figure out what it all looks like with all of their guys. Zion isn't new to the team, but he hasn't played in over a year. Um, CJ McCollum was new last season. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Never know what the Lakers are going to look like, but Anthony Davis and LeBron struggled with health last year. Portland is another team we didn't even bring up. Portland has Damian Lillard most likely coming back healthy, but Damian Lillard struggled a lot with health last season. Um, but they could potentially be good. They traded for Jeremy Grant. Um, so there's a number of teams that health is going to be a big factor. There's new faces, new places. It's all over the place. I think the Wolves, with a consistent coach, consistent main offensive guys, like Rudy is very important because of his screening, but he's not your scorer type right. of player. Um, so I think that part will help the Wolves a little bit, that it's not like you're installing a ball-dominant offensive player into your system that you're trying to figure out how that fits. Like Zion, he didn't play last year. He's coming in. He demands the ball a lot. Rudy doesn't demand the ball a lot, but he does. You do have to like integrate him for sure. But it is, it's just a different type of integration. Yeah, one of the interesting things you said there, and a team, actually, not even a, what you said, a team, the Pelicans. <laughs> I mean, the Pelicans are adding Zion to a, a team that was very um, – they were – under the radar early on, but then they, they kicked it in during the season last year and they ended up, you know, having a, having a great season or, or running, running the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They, um, uh, they played really they well. Played, the the playing game, right? Yes. 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 They took them, they took them down the stretch there. So yeah, that's, that's another team that didn't even cross my mind till you, till you mentioned it, but it, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens this year. Um, the West is tough. Um, you know, the West is, you know, pretty much as, as far as I can remember, always been a, a tough conference. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Let's uh, lead off of the the seeding thing. Let's talk about record. How many wins this team's going to end up? Because that kind of feeds into it. How many wins you're predicting four, I'm predicting five. How many wins is going to take to get that, that four seed? So last year we were what? We were 30 or 46 oh, and 36. Yeah, 46. Yeah. So I'm thinking you got to get in the 50s. You got to be in the 50s. 53, 55 wins this year. Um, you know, it's tough, especially in the West. Like we just said, the Western Conference, you know, it's, it's a tough, tough conference, but have to get into it up in the 50s. Last year, Dallas was the fourth seed. They won 52 games. Okay. I think I'm interested to see what the conference looks like because it is. 
going to be tough. Is it going to be one of those conferences where the third seed has 55 wins and the <laughs> eighth seed has 52 wins? Like it's only Ooh. separated by a couple. Because if you remember back in 2017, 18, uh, when the Timberwolves went to the playoffs with Jimmy Butler, the Wolves ended up being the eighth seed that year. They were 47 and 35. Okay. Portland was the three seed and they were 49 and 33. They were two games from being wow. the three seed, but they ended up as the eighth seed. And Denver was the ninth seed, just one game behind the Wolves. So that year was totally like three. I mean, the fourth, fifth, and sixth seed were all tied at 48 and 34. The Wolves tied with San Antonio for seventh at 47 and 35. So I, I think we're going to be looking at a year like that. It's, it's all going to depend on health. Like we've been talking about. That's like, right. that's like your disclaimer every year is like depending health. on health. Yes. I think it's going to look something like that where it's not going to be a huge discrepancy. And that's why I'm a little hesitant because okay. if the wolves drop a couple games, like the wolves won two more games that year, they would have been the fourth seed instead of the third seed. So it could be that margin of error. Where this past season, the Wolves had a lot bigger margin of error. Like they were, they tied for, um, no, they were a little bit behind set, uh, sixth, but then like they had a gap between eighth and them and they were fine that way. So it's all going to depend on health. If I had to give you a number, I would say they're going to win like 51 games. That's the number that's been sticking in my mind, 51 and 31. A little bit, they're in that 50 range. Last year they won 46 and you think they're going to be a great deal better this year. Right. But I think just with all those teams getting healthier this season, it, like they can only win four or five more games, but be a much better team than they were last year, just because of the nature of the conference. Like you're just facing harder teams. There was the wolves are one of the healthiest teams last year. Right. And the Western conference had a lot of injuries. I expect there to be a few less injuries in the whole conference and the wolves maybe don't have as much as many wins. good yeah. luck with injuries too, which could lead to wins. But if you're healthy for the playoffs, seed doesn't matter as much. I mean, like if you're going to be the best team in the league, if you get the fifth seed, like you still have your chance. So right. it's not everything, but I think that I would go 51 would be the number I would, I'd predict. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's I mean sounds great. Um, it's really interesting because you know you you look at this and we're talking about you know who's injured, you know what may go on, but every game is so important. Um, you know you can't, <laughs> you know like those first ten games. You know we talked about it last week. Like you know, do, do they finish eight and two, seven and three, whatever? Like those those games are important. Like you have to win these games that are quote unquote, you know, you look on paper, they're supposed to be winnable games. You got to go out and do that every night. Uh, you got to, and with 82 games, you know, there's nights where it's like, ah, I don't feel like being here, but every game is going to matter this year. And the games against those teams, you're expecting to be around in the standings are going to matter when it comes mm. to playoff or tiebreakers for seating right like, yeah, exactly you you end up tied with dallas but dallas beat you three two out of the three times right you're gonna be below them so those things are gonna matter too is who you're gonna hold the tiebreaker over um so it'll be interesting to see how the wolves do do fair with that but 
Okay, so you're in that 53, 54, 55 53, range. 54, yep. Okay, and I'm a little bit lower than that, but... 51, yeah, yeah. What good. are you... So we talked about C, we talked about uh, how many games you're going to win. Let's talk about playoff series. Do you think they're going to win a playoff series? Basically, you think they're going to make it out of the first round. If you had to predict yes or no, will they make it to the second round this year? Yes. I would say yes also. Yes. That's, a lot of it. Uh, you got to stay positive with it. You got you to gotta feel that they're going to win it. Um, May changes brought, brought people, and they've had a taste of it last year. I mean, how close last year to being a quote-unquote team that upset, <laughs> you know, that Mem- the Memphis team, you know, because we all know that there were – games in there with leads that if you can hold those leads you, you know you're you're on to the next series so I, I think they're going to win one and we talked about it last year like those collapses in the playoffs yes. like they were so close like they probably were the better team for more time than Memphis was a better team in that series but Memphis was more consistent more poised more disciplined <clears throat> um now the Wolves have a lot more playoff experience, not necessarily win. Rudy Gobert hasn't had great luck in the playoffs, but he has been there right. um, and he has won some playoff series. Kyle Anderson won a championship with the Spurs in his rookie year, I think. If not, he was in the playoffs a ton at the beginning right. with Tim Duncan and that Spurs team. Um, Austin Rivers has a lot of playoff experience. Bryn Forbes just won a championship on the Bucks a couple of years ago. So they got guys that that uh, have more of that experience. And then, I mean, the core of the team with Root or with Cat, Belo, and they all got playoff experience last year too. They felt what it was like to lose. They were that close to winning. Um, I would predict they're going to win a playoff series too. Uh, it's going to come down to obviously seeding and matchup. If they play the Clippers in the first round somehow, don't feel as confident in them winning a playoff series against the Clippers than I would against a team like the the Grizzlies again or the Pelicans or the Nuggets or whoever it may be. Right, right. But if I had to give you a yes or no, I'm going to say yes, they will win one because I think they are going to be talented enough to do that. And I trust Coach to be um, a tactician and be able to win a chess battle against pretty much – most of the opposing coaches in the Western conference. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, I feel it's their time. Um, they, they, they're working, they've worked towards it. Now it's time to put that next step in, start winning series, uh, see where that leads you. Um, but I totally agree with you as well. If they end up to eight seed and the Clippers are the one seed. I don't see it happening. So yeah, hopefully we're not, we're not in that situation. What uh, the last two we have are just kind of predicting defensive rating. Now, I don't want you to say that the defense rating is going to be a 107.4, but I just kind of want to know Never. where are they ranking in the in the league? You don't even have to give like super specific, mm-hmm. but if you give a, a little range for offense and defense, let's start with uh, why don't we start with defensive rating? Um, where do you think they're gonna what range you think they'll finish in the league defensively? Well, it was it was very interesting watching them play the Lakers the last two games. You know, one of the things that I thought um, they did very well was they they were really attacking gaps um, and getting their hands on the ball 
a lot of deflections, uh, um, you know, ton of deflections, turnovers, getting out, creating easy baskets. So I'm going to say right now we're, we're hoping that they finish in the top 10 in defensive ratings. If they're in the top five, we're in great shape. Sorry, I pulled up last year's stats. They were 13th in the league. The okay. Jazz with Rudy Gobert were 10th. And okay. I think this team has more defensive personnel than that Jazz team did. Right. Um, pretty much all the Jazz really had that played a lot of minutes. To me, it felt like Royce O'Neal as like the one quality perimeter defender. The Wolves have Kyle Multi- Anderson. Multiple. Jada McDaniels. We've talked about it before. Yes. So with Rudy Gobert coming in, the Timberwolves um, being 13th last year, obviously they lost a couple players, very versatile. Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, both really good defenders. I would say they're going to be in that 7 to 10 range, somewhere in there, um, because there, there are things that are changing. Carl Anthony Towns playing more in the perimeter. As much as I think he's capable of it, there's going to be matchups where it doesn't look too good. Um, so I would say seven to 10, seven to 10 range somewhere in there, a little bit better than last year. Um, a little bit better than Rudy's been with the jazz in the past. Rudy's always pretty much had a top 10 defense with him there. So I'm not too worried, but I think like you said, getting into that top five is where you really are really confident. Be, yes. Um, but top 10 is for sure a good, good season defensively, especially when you're considering how bad the wolves have been for, for a long time. On that end. <laughs> Let's look at it offensively because offensively the Wolves were uh, seventh last season and the Jazz had the best offense in the league with Rudy Gobert. Where do you think the Wolves end up offensively? Uh, So seventh last year, Jazz were first. I'm taking the two of them, putting them together, threw it up in the air, and I'm hoping for a top five offensive team. Um, you know, top five on- offensive team really says that you're putting a lot of pressure on the other team's defense, really says you're efficient, um, you know, really says that, 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 that you're doing, you're putting points on the board and you're, you're winning games. And, um, you know, I, I look, look at, look at them, uh, you know, we know we can put points on the board, um, Let's just be efficient team, um, putting the ball in the basket, uh, creating great offense. And I'm looking at a top five offensive rating. Yeah, the Wolves scored the most points last year, but they played at a higher pace. So um, their points per possession was lower. I think this is going to – I'm going to say top three. Okay. I mean, obviously health considered. Um, if I have to put my number, I'm going to say that they're the second best offense this year. I okay. think it's crazy to me to say that. <laughs> it's also weird to think you're adding a three-time defensive player of the year and you think that he might actually help your offense, offense more right. than he helps your defense. But the reason I think he's going to help the offense more, there's a couple, couple big reasons. The screening something the Wolves have never had. I don't think he's doing as like negatively affecting space and stuff any worse than Jared Vanderbilt was last season. 
And they also think that defensively, they're going to grab more rebounds, get a lot more transition opportunities and just a lot more offensive opportunities in general that I think they are going to be that much better than they were last, last year on offense. I think with the step that we expect uh, Jaden McDaniels to take a step that we expect Anthony Edwards to take, I think D'Angelo Russell is going to have the best offensive season of his, at least of his career lately, the last few seasons um, with an actual pick and roll partner. D'Lo didn't shoot the ball great last year. I think he's going to have a better shooting season this year. I think he's also going to average more assists than he's ever averaged in his career. I think this team is the second offense. Don't ask me who that first offense is. (laughs) I just don't think I have the, I don't think I'm prepared to say the best offense in the league. So I'm going to cop out and say the second best offense. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty high on what this team can look like offensively. And obviously we haven't seen much. Like I said, it was clunky in the preseason game on Friday night, but I feel pretty confident. And maybe that's, maybe it does drop down a little bit because you are working through some kinks at the beginning of the year. So maybe it will be lower than I'm thinking because it maybe it won't start out so good. But I think just having that much talent, I think they're going to, they're going to be right up there. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you um, at all. Uh, you know, but it'll be interesting to see how it how it unfolds, how it works out. Um, you know, it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be a fun season. Um, you know, a lot of stuff to look forward to. Um, you know, players on the floor, players coming off the bench. Uh, you know, a solid team um, all the way through. So it's gonna be interesting. I. Uh... Yeah, I'm I I just want to go back to the the Rudy Gobert thing helping the offense. Do you think there's going to be problems with spacing worse than than Vanderbilt or not? I know No, 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 no. Um I think, you know, the more that I I get the opportunity to go to a lot of I, I would say more college practices than pro practices being around here. And one of the things we never talked about uh when I played was the short roll and these guys who are, you know, it was either you roll to the basket or you pop. Now they got this new thing, this short roll, where there's short roll guys taking the pass and making the next play. So there, there's just so there's so much, so much innovation um, offensively, um, you know, for players to figure things out. Um, how how lazy is your defense or how in tune is your defense is, is always a big thing. And, you know, you always have guys who watch balls, watch, watch the basketball. So you got guys cutting behind them. So it's, 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 it's always interesting to see the innovation of new offense through the the new coaches that come in, um, the new minds, what they watch. So I don't think there'll be a problem at all with spacing. I also think, Jared Vanderbilt lived in the dunker spot. We've seen a lot of Rudy Gobert up at the top, obviously setting screens, which is different than what Vanderbilt was doing, but also a lot of handoffs, dribble handoffs to D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to play up out of there, out of the dunker spot a lot more than Vanderbilt did, even outside of the screening. And I think that's going to help open up the lane too. But with his, with a pick and roll, He's so good at screening that he's pretty much eliminating 
that one guy from the play. And it's basically two on one as he rolls to the basket. So I don't think it's going to impede too much, too much on Edwards. But also I think that Edwards isn't going to play with Rudy as much as, as he plays with cat. And I think Delo is going to play with Rudy more than, than Edwards does. So I, those two might only share the floor for 20 minutes a game, 25 minutes a game, rather than they're not going to be tied to the t- attached at the hip for their full minute load. Yeah, what, what you also get is with Rudy being such a great screener, you get guys turning the corner and playing downhill. You have to, the rotation has to come off of him and those extra offensive rebounds are, are also there. So, right. you know, there's, there's, there's so, or the lob is mm-hmm. also there, you know, because we're helping as this guy's playing downhill and now you got this guy coming at us who can catch anything around the basket and dunk it, who can get any rebound off the basket and finish it. So it's 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 a good it's a good sign for them. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be really fun. I'm, I'm yes. interested to see what he's used in like most what type of what type of actions that Finch is using him in, but um we're not really gonna know what that looks like until games start, which do start on Wednesday. Do you before we get off here, we have, we're done with the predictions. Um, do you have anything else you want to, maybe a question you had for me to predict anything or <laughs> any I, final I, thoughts? Yeah, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, Nas Reeb was, we had this, okay. we had a little text the other day. Nas Reeb yep. was, <laughs> who was that guy? I mean, is that he, the guy we're going to see this year? I mean, if, if Nas Reed's playing like that, yeah, it's, number uh, one offense for sure. <laughs> it's interesting. I mean, yes, Nas Reed was fantastic in that Lakers game when, when the Lakers played with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Yes, yes. Um, Anthony Davis had trouble guarding Nas. Nas Reed. But we also don't know if there's a role for Nas Reed, which is, I mean, <laughs> I said that Nas Reed was most likely to get traded off this yep, team. You did say that. And I felt like I had a good argument for it. But now I'm looking at Nas Reed. And I'm seeing a way and credit to Dane Moore from the Dane Moore NBA podcast covers the wolves for noticing this Nas Reed's been playing in that dunker spot. Some on offense mm-hmm. he looks really good down there. And I, ne- I've never thought about him playing in that role, but he is, I mean, he's not like a ferocious dunker, but he's so crafty. He can catch the ball there, get around someone, dunk it, put it up. One dribble finish. Yep. It, it looks like his balance is better he used to fall down a lot he doesn't fall he hasn't fallen down as much um on layups and stuff which is good he lost even more weight he looks a little bit quicker i don't know where the minutes come from right if maybe you trust him to play a little bit next to cat or rudy but then that's taking minutes from maybe kyle anderson or Prince. right right so i i don't know there's going to be times where Foul trouble happens. You'll need Nas Reed. An injury happens. You'll need Nas Reed. Um, but another guy that looks really good, Luca Garza looked really <laughs> good. And he got, he actually got a two way spot. He took AJ Lawson's two way spot. So he'll be able to play in Iowa. Um, I don't think he's going to play much in the league, but I think there's going to be a time where the Wolves need Luca Garza to come and play. And that's another big that I think is, uh, has some juice that could really, he fits the offense. Well, he could shoot right. the ball. Um, yeah, I don't know. Back to the Nas Reed thing. I, 
I just still don't know where the role comes from for him on a fully healthy team. But I yeah, wish you know, there was I, room. You know, I don't know it either. Um, and maybe they were showcasing him. <laughs> because maybe. I mean, right. he he was he looked he looked awesome. Uh you know, and Knight looked awesome as well. So I yeah. mean it was again another one of those situations. Um but other than that, you know, I was just I was watching that game and I was like, yeah, this threes, getting to the basket, defense, deflections. And the next thing I know, halftime, 17 and nine. I'm like, oh, so, no, end up with a good day there. Yeah, Nas Reed looked, he's looked really good for most of the preseason, honestly, not even just those couple games. Right. Um, So I think, like, he's played – 20 minutes a night in those games, 13 points, eight rebounds, which is really good. He hasn't been a great rebounder, and he said he's been focusing more on – so what he said was he said he's been focusing so much on boxing out before that he he wasn't releasing to go get the ball, and he said he's trying to now focus on that more. Now he's pursuing the ball. Now he's yeah. pursuing it. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, 13 and eight and 20 minutes is pretty – I mean, he's played against some good competition with Anthony Davis. He's played against a lot of second- and third-string guys. So it's kind of been a mix. Um, but yeah, he's looked he's looked good. And I, that part is um something that'll be interesting to see if he right. does get a role. And I'm sure though we'll see points in time where he's in there because of, like I said, injury or foul trouble. But when it's fully healthy, what's that gonna look like? I also wonder too if like Kat or Rudy in these first games, if the, the Wolves are winning a lot, is Finch gonna try to get them as much court time together to try to figure out what that offense and defense looks like, or with cap being sick, Rudy playing in Eurobasket all summer, is he going to try to lighten their load and let them, you know, get a little, you know, not overuse their body early on in the season too. And then maybe that's a time that Nas Reed gets some more minutes. If they are not, you know, if cats playing 30 minutes instead of 35 minutes, or Rudy's playing, about the same too. There'd be some minutes in there for Nas as well. Yeah, well, that that sounds like that would be the smart thing to do to get let those these guys get a little rest, let some other guys play, see where your team is because you know you're going to have situations, foul situations, whatever. You can see guys playing playing together. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see where where, where uh, Coach Finch goes with with the uh, the lineup his substitution pattern, um, shrinking that as the season goes along. Uh, really looking forward to the season, looking forward to a uh, competitive season with a bunch of new guys, see where they end up. Yeah, and it's a long season. I mean, long. from Wednesday <laughs> until mid-April, it's going to be Wolves basketball three times a week. Um, I'm excited for it, though, and we'll be here to break stuff down. Any final last thoughts before before we close? Just wish the boys good luck moving into the season. Um, getting ready to tip it off. Uh, hopefully everyone stays healthy throughout the season. And uh, we're at number four seed at the end. I, I definitely <laughs> hope so, or potentially higher. Um, the number two offense should be able to get you there. there you so... Anyways, it's Wednesday night. I think they play at like seven o'clock against the against the Thunder. And that game is at home in Minneapolis. So it'd be a great way to start the season. Hopefully 
um, everybody's healthy to start the year and we can uh, get a good look at them. But anyways, uh, thanks everybody for listening to this episode of the Believe in Timbo's podcast presented by Bet Online. Uh, he's Doug West. I'm Brendan Hedke, and we will be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.